Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on this episode A Fan of History. How do you like that voice? I'm Bernie, and I'm with Dan. Are you sure you're Bernie or not a demon that has possessed Bernie? I have a deep voice today. I have a little bit of a frog in my throat, as they say. But I'm fine, and I'm ready to record with you today. Sounds great. Okay, I'll bear the burden of talking in this episode, but in the next one, it's up to you. Okay, hopefully I'll be healed by then. <laughs> we're going to America, Bernie. You're already in America, but oh. we're going to Yay. the America of the 550s BC. Amazing. Americas are hard to do, so I'm glad you got some stuff here for us. Remember the definition of history. Remind me. History is the stuff that people have written about. Yeah, true. And we have mentioned writing in the Americas earlier, but today we'll go into this question at depth. We will look at who were really the first writers in America. And we can't tell you what they wrote about because we don't understand it. Oh, it's not like Hemingway or something like that. No, it's uh, we can't just read it. Gotcha. But I've talked, I wanted to go to America in this podcast so much. And it's it's been like the Olmecs and, hey, the Olmecs are still around. Right. Have you heard about the Olmecs? So let's start with the Olmecs. Okay. They have about 100 to 150 years left to be the number one power in the world as they know it. Their position must be entirely unique in the world. Yeah. Because there is no civilization like them nearby. But now there is for the first time. Oh. But they are still quite far ahead 
of these new people I will talk about in this episode. Oh, great. It just, I was going to interrupt, reminds me that um, we talked about how there's like a video game and everything's getting started, right? And then, then in the old world, everybody's found each other. I guess now here they're starting to find each other. Yeah, and it's amazing that these cultures are so close to each other in Mexico, except for the Chavin, who are uh, down far south by the Andes at the coast. Yeah. But I wanted to talk a bit about the Olmecs again. Okay. So you can skip ahead five minutes if you remember everything about the Olmecs. <laughs> I think we could all use a review. At first, they were not really the Olmecs to themselves. We don't really know what they call themselves. Because Olmecs means rubber people. <laughs> and they were not made of rubber. Sorry, this term was from Nahuas. And uh, they were contemporary of the Aztec Empire. So the Aztec Empire thought, uh, who are these guys? Why are there ruins here? Uh, They deal with Uh. rubber. So let's call them the rubber people. Okay. And that's how you say Olmec. Olmec means rubber people in that language. And as early as 1600 BCE, you could mix the juice of a local vine, that is a vine hanging from a tree, And then you could mix it with latex you extracted from a rubber tree and get actual rubber. Wow. That's 3,400 years before King Leopold II of Belgium killed 20 million people in the Congo for rubber. But that's another story. Yeah. And didn't it take forever to to, to come up with how to make it? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But these guys knew it. Wow. Uh, So the old McHartland is somewhat to the east in the Mexican Gulf lowlands. And I talked about their San Lorenzo phase, but now they are in the La Venta phase. And this is because La Venta is their great city, but it's not that great because it's it's a bit like a collection of temples. And it seems that the Olmec cities are places you go to to worship. And the people don't actually live there. I see. Yeah. In La Venta, you have the Great Pyramid, the largest structure in Mesoamerica to date in 550 BC. And even today, 2,500 years later, this pyramid is 34 meters above the landscape. Oh, wow. So the Olmecs are still going strong. Their decline will come in 400 BC. Okay. But as I told you before, they have writing. Or do they? Hmm. Well, what's the deal? Well, we can't read it. And it's very pictographic. Mm. And there are several samples of Olmec writing. But they don't seem to use the same signs. Hmm. So let's look at the best piece of evidence for Olmec writing. The Cascale block. How would you pronounce that? I think that's about right. Cascale, the J is usually silent in Mexican and Spanish, so Cascale block. If this is writing, it's by far the earliest writing we have in America because it's from 900 BC. And I wonder if I even mentioned this in 900 BC in the podcast. But We'll have to go back and look. It's a single piece of evidence, and it was found... Quite recently, in 2002, 
Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks like ice cream cones and fish maybe, and maybe they're corn and like crops. It's hard to interpret. We know that uh, if this is writing is structured entirely differently than all other American writing that will come soon. Oh. Are these letters or are these symbols? As I, Google the Cascale block if you're listening now and look at it. Yeah. Because it's hard to tell. Please spell it. Yeah, it's C-A-S-C-A-J-A-L. Yeah, Google that. It's really interesting. I'll post it in the show notes. Because I can't tell. It's got to be pictures. I mean, I don't think it would be letters. But I wonder how much meaning anybody could get from looking at this if they knew the language. Are these the people that get high all the time, too? Or those are the Chauvin, right? So those these guys are the Chauvin. <laughs> I'll talk about them a little today. Yes, I don't know what this writing is. This is crazy. But the weird thing is that we have these symbols in single copies at other places. Okay. But they don't come together like this. We have no other example of Olmec writing that looks like this. But we have other examples of what could be Olmec writing. It doesn't look at all like this. Jeez. But this is sort of the conventional wisdom, but it is questioned that the Olmecs were first. But that is not what I'm here to tell you about today. Okay. Because there is a contender. Oh. If this is Olmec writing, then it's like uh, kanji. It's like Chinese signs that each sign means a word. Yeah, or like hieroglyphics, that kind of thing. Yeah, like hieroglyphics. Like cuneiform, I think. Even sort of. I mean, some of these symbols are similar. Like, this looks like corn. I'm looking at a corn, and there's two of them. They're almost exactly the same. Yeah, some symbols return in the block. Yeah. And there's little bugs. I can see a couple little bugs. Look like bugs to me, anyway. Little beetles. But I wanted to mention this first, because some people think that this is the earliest writing in America. You know, we should ask Graham Hancock. He knows everything, so he probably knows what this is. <laughs> He'll say that there's been writing since the uh, since the younger Dryas yeah. when the aliens left it there. <laughs> anyway. So the Olmecs did a lot of things, but as we can't read their stuff, we don't know really. And of course, it is suspicious that a lot of achievements will arise in this area very close to the Olmecs very soon, mostly from the Maya, but also from the Mixtecs and the people I will talk about today. Okay. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For example, the long count calendar. Remember that calendar where the world was supposed to end in 2012? Yeah, there was even a movie. Yeah, of course the calendar didn't say that. So that even if the, the May, Maya were correct, they never said that. Yeah, it was just the end of an era, right? Yeah, and there were a lot of eras, so that was not particularly important. Yeah. But it might have been an invention of the Olmecs. Okay. That the Maya just took it from them. Right. And it's hard to tell what comes from the Olmecs, but they have this special position of being the first great civilization that survived into almost recorded history. Okay. When I started this podcast, the question was still if Olmecs were Africans. Aha, yeah, I was wondering. Because of, yeah, I, I think we talked about this after it happened, but in uh, 2018, they settled this question. Because the Olmec great heads... These giant heads they constructed, mm-hmm. they look vaguely African. Mm-hmm. So people thought, okay, these Olmecs were the most advanced civilization in America. Maybe they didn't come from America. Maybe they came from Africa. But in 2018, they did a DNA study on two Olmec individuals. And uh, they were not Africans. So that, hmm. that theory is now out the window. I don't know. Sounds like a conspiracy. Those DNA studiers were. There's still, there's still a lot of people, who who go, really get into that. Some people think the world's flat too, though. So what can you do? <laughs> we are doing um, in the new Swedish history podcast, which is about to launch right now. Okay. We are doing the day the dinosaurs died. Uh, then we had a meme where. The Earth is flat. The asteroid hits the Earth, <laughs> and then the dinosaurs gets flipped off the Earth. Or <laughs> they fall through the hole. The Earth is flat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if you. Oh, it tips hit, it. I get it. Yeah, Woo! it tips. Yeah, the I love it. Away. I love it. Brilliant. Very, very close to the Olmecs. Several other people are rising, and I talked about one of those people's. Every time I mention the Olmecs for a long time now, and these are, of course, the Maya. But they're still early Maya, and they're not doing that much. Okay. And what they're doing looks vaguely Olmec, but they're also extending to the south. So far away from Olmec, they are building villages that turn into towns. And in a place in Guatemala there is something that historians call a city. And some of the large structures in that are from 750 BC. Yeah, right. I'm kind of working on a pod, I don't know what's doing history on some of that. Some, they found some stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the LiDAR stuff. Yeah. But um, 
the next thing that will happen to the Maya are in 400 BC, so not much going on. And when you think of the Maya, you think of a later incarnation of the Maya. Yeah, when you think of it, you do. So there's not much going on, because we, like you said at the beginning, because of the writing. But there obviously is stuff going on. There's some st- those cities they found are like in the jungle, like where they even thought in the Amazon. Some cities where they thought, you know, there was just kind of how they are today, hunter gatherers. But they found that they had some pretty impressive villages, all connected by roads and everything. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and the Maya are on the rise here. Yeah, in about two hundred years, they will have writing. And the good thing with Maya writing is that we can actually read it. That's awesome. But this brings me to the main characters of this show. Okay. The Zapotecs. Zapotecs. Yeah. That means the people. Hmm. Not the rubber people. No. Just the people. And they have the best origin story. I'm going to hear it. Somewhat to the southwest from the Olmecs and not far but by the Pacific coast, there are three large valleys called the central valleys of Oaxaca. Yeah. And in each of these valleys, there is one group of people. So you have three tribes living in each valley. And the valleys, as they go up the mountain, they all meet in one place. And this place is, of course, contested by these three peoples. Oh, right. So they have fought for the control of the mountaintop forever. And the biggest people are based in San Jose Mogote, which is starting to become a town or city. It's a cultural center for a thousand years. Wow. Between... 1500 and 500 BC, called the early and middle formative periods of the Zapotecs. But here, today, in 550 BC, plus minus 50 years, something happens. Hmm. San Jose Mogote, their biggest town, is abandoned. And they build a new glorious city. On the mountaintop, where the valleys meet. And they join together. They stop fighting each other. They all move to this impregnable fortress city called Monte Alban. Okay. Have you heard of this place? I know the tequila. Oh, there's the tequila called Monte Alban? Yeah. I think it's uh, Mezcal. Oh, it's named from this. Yeah. Because this city is very visible. It rises 400 meters above the surrounding terrain. And the surrounding terrain is also very high. That's just really great. So there's three cultures living in these valleys, and they fought over the mountain, and then they all decided to get get together and build a city on the mountain and stop fighting. That's a great story. And it sounds to me very much like there was an external enemy. Oh, yeah. Because someone they fought, they joined together, Aliens. And they will become super successful. They will actually be around when the Spaniards come. Wow. 2,000 years later. Yeah, right. They will defy the Aztecs. And they will even fight the Spaniards to the bitter end. That's amazing. Until their last ruler decides to become a Catholic. And then the fun is over. Ah, That definitely the fun is over. You become a Catholic. 
I can attest to that. <laughs> but the thing, the big news for this episode is that the Zapotecs have a language that they write down and they write it in uh, looking for the English word. Oh. And this language, the written version of the language, is phonetic. And it might be as early as 600 BC. Oh, wow. Yeah, we know phonetic is a big deal. Yes. That's what the Phoenicians, oh, the Phoenicians, that's probably why they call it phonetic. I never even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the other way around. Phonetic is because they were the Phoenicians. Well, Phoenicians means purple dye, though, so. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, digress, as usual. Sorry. <laughs> so vowels and consonants are written characters. Yeah. And they call their scribes artists on paper. So writing may, may have come out of an older artistic tradition in which abstract concepts were represented with symbols, just like the Olmecs. Mm-hmm. But they turned it into a phonetic language. That's really cool. But we can't read it. But it is at least 200 years older than the, the Mayan writing. And this is the Zapotecs. Yes. I'm really interested in them. I'm glad you really brought this out. I, for, I, I like to, I'm going to try to learn more, too. And they're really interesting. They also have a 365-day calendar. Wow, smart. Based on astronomy, so they know some astronomy. Yeah. But they use the 260-day calendar as well for rituals. So that's confusing. Maybe the moon that might be. Sometimes they have like a moon calendar and then they'll be like a solar calendar. Oh, that could very well be the case. Yeah. The Zapotecs will do great things, but this is still very early for them. They have congregated on the mountaintop. They've started building their big city and they have joined together and become the Zapotecs. But I want to talk about one of their inventions now because this really... <laughs> made me pay attention. I want to hear it. <laughs> the Zapotecs invented the deer catapult. Oh, that's amazing. I want to get one of those when they eat my tomatoes. <laughs> so this is a trap. And remember, the Zapotecs live in valleys. Okay. It's valleys everywhere. So there's always a big cliff face nearby. So they make a trap with a young tree bent over with the help of a lot of people, and held down by vines. And then a deer will wander into this and trigger the trap. And instead of holding the deer down or hurting it, they just fling it into the cliff face. <laughs> I love it. That's crazy. So the deer is smashed against the mountainside. Oh, my God. And then you can just come and pick it up. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey. That's one way to do it. It's a lot easier than chasing them down. Yeah, you just have to go fix the deer catapult and then come back next day and see how many deer have flown into the cliff face. Now, they, they do make, like, if you go on YouTube, you can find squirrel catapults because people set, make them so that they catapult them away from their um, um, bird hot feeders. So if you never go... <laughs> If you ever look on YouTube and look for squirrel catapults, you'll see they go. the squirrels come up to it and they just fling. They don't kill them, though. They usually they just fling them out, you know, like into the yard. Squirrels are usually pretty surprised. 
Yeah, that's quite a surprise. <laughs> I think. That's really, um, do you guys have deer hunting in Sweden? Oh, yes. I figured. Yeah, we have that here. So it's going to be hunting. Hunting season is like kind of now. So I didn't see any of those trying to traps up around where I'm at. We have a lot of hunters in Sweden. Yeah. Actually, we're not far behind you guys in uh, weapons per capita, but uh, they are all owned by hunters. Well, right now, in our right, so the regular hunting season starts. So thank, we have Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks here. So that's the regular hunting season. It's like the end of November. But right now, the hunt for deer hunting, it's like bow and arrow. You could you could hunt them with the bows. Wow. I don't know if you guys do that too, but these guys are into it. I don't hunt. No, that's highly illegal. Oh, here. that's illegal? Yeah, they have special bows. and Not like, you know, they're not like Indian bows. They're like fancy, really special. <laughs> I bet. You know. I want to. Uh, that's all about the Zapotex for today. Yeah, super interesting. But I also want to mention the Mixtex. And the Mixtex are claimed to be around since 1500 BC. They're also around until the uh, Spaniards show up. Okay. They intermix with the Zapotex later. And today we have... Uh, a lot of people who identify as Mixtex. Oh, really? And some that identify as Zapotex in Mexico today. Oh, oh interesting. There's actually, there actually 150,000 Mixtex in uh, California. The term might be Mixteco in English. I see. You recognize it? No, but I know like Mexico is actually was the name of the Aztecs or something, or the Maya. Who Who did... The Spanish conquer. Who had Mexico City? The Aztecs or the Maya? The Aztecs. Yeah, so their name is actually the Ma- the Maya were gone. By yeah, that okay. Time. See how good of a historian I am. So they're yeah, they're the Machico. I think that's where Mexico comes from. Dinelli Bellelli does a really good podcast on the conquest of Mexico by the by Cortez. Oh, great. And um, yeah, and it's like I know they're called the Machico. That could be different. I, I don't have much to say about the Mixtecs, but I have to talk about one. Mixtec guy. Okay. Who lived between 1084 and 1115 AD. Oh, okay. Because this story is, is uh, interesting. So the, the, the guy is called Lord Eight Deer Jaguar Claw. Lord Eight Deer Jaguar Claw. Jaguar. Jaguar Claw, what a name. And there are depictions of him on the internet. You can look it up. He looks uh, like uh, somebody who is on LSD. <laughs> His, uh, he was the son of the high priest, Lord Five Alligator Sun Rain. And his mother was Lady Eleven Water Bird Jewel. <laughs> Two of his brothers, Twelve Earthquake Bloody Jaguar and Nine Flower <laughs> Copal Ball with Arrow were his faithful war companions. He also had a half-sister, Six Lizard Jade Fan. That's a lot better than Bernie. That's, those are great names. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, their naming is the date of the month they're born, the name of the month, and then something describing them. That's a good idea because people usually don't know when they're born and stuff, so that would be great. It gives you the idea how old you are and stuff. The Mixtecs knew when they were born. Yeah, a lot of people don't know when they're born. I just want to spend 10 minutes just reading <laughs> mystic names, but Amazing. I won't. 
Uh, I just have to mention Lord Four Jaguar Face of the Night. Oh, nice. Who was an ally of Jaguar Claw. Wait, tell me his name again. Lord Four Jaguar Face of the Night. Wow. You could probably have your own mixtech name, right? <laughs> There's probably a mixtech name generator on the internet. Yeah. We'll look for that later. So then we left. We went over the Atlantic and went to America. So we should check in with uh, Shavin. Please, they're the best. Yeah, they they have no writing. But they are still going strong. Mm -hmm. They have 350 years left. They have no weapons. They have a lot of friends. They have drugs. Yeah. And they really, really care about jaguars. Yeah. Big cats, drugs. What more can you wish for? (laughs) I know, not really. I mean, yeah. And also plumbing. Oh, nice. Yeah, they have running water... And they make it sound like jaguars. Oh, that's awesome. Tiger. It's like, ti- what was that show? Tiger King. Yeah, Jaguar King. <laughs> yeah. Lord Jaguar Claw would love this. Oh, for sure. But uh, the Shavin are happy and uh, nothing much happens that we know about. So, you know what? I, I was reading a book on the Shavin. There's a, there's a, a YouTube channel called uh, Ancient Americas. It's good to check out. And it's all pre-Columbia stuff. It usually doesn't go back this far where we are, so that's why I don't always have a lot. But anyway, the guy who does it recommended me a book. And um, I think the Shavin might have been more like a ceremonial place. That's why they did all the drugs and stuff there. So that's why you don't see much. Like, you're not sh- like, what's you know, what do they do there? They may have been like the priests of multiple cultures. Or even that whole oh. culture could have been around, and the people they went there for the ceremony because they had like tobacco, and there was some other drugs like that you snorted up your nose. Even the tobacco you snort—if you do a shitload of tobacco, you get really high. So they would do all these things, and, and even a little bit of alcohol, they would get really messed up. But I mean, they weren't doing—I mean, technically, I don't think they were doing it to party. I think it was, you know, supposed to be like a ceremonial thing. But you could imagine, like, if you get hooked on that stuff, right? You'd be like, oh, I want to go back to do my, you know, back to church, whatever. So you go up and get whacked up. Yeah, I'll, I'll be like, oh, we have to do the religious stuff again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jaguars, drugs. <laughs> exactly. In a sense, they're like the Olmecs then with their temple cities. Yeah. But the Olmecs were much more violent. Yes. And and so also, oh, yeah, that was the other thing. Because like, they're kind of where the Chauvinar, Chauvinar, they're kind of on the edge so they're on the coast, but they're also close enough to the, like, the jungles. So people from the jungles probably came there, too, and traded and then did their drugs and, you know, had their ceremonies. And I mean, heck, people go to go down there now to do some of that stuff, right? To take, like, Ayacucha and stuff like that. So yeah, I think they made, like, yeah, people probably made pilgrimages and stuff to, that, to there from all over, you know, the Americas. Just, you know, probably not from Maine, but... You know, from as close around they can get. Yeah, and we know that there was no contact between the Shavin and the Olmecs. Okay. Because even today you can't travel by land. Oh, right. Between these two areas. Yeah, yeah. But but like the Amazon, like a lot of the, you know, from the jungles where you don't think anything was going on. Because they, they found trade goods and stuff from, in, in, you know, where the Shavin are. But I think before we leave the Shavin in the future, they, they will be around until 200 BC. So we should do... Uh, Okay. As much on them as we can okay. when they are at their height okay. later. Yeah. This is probably what uh, what the sources can tell us a little more. I still have that about. book. I just didn't quite finish it. Oh, keep it. Yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, we, I wanted to check in with another people, and now I'm leaving America. Okay. But uh, they are so far off from everybody else, I, I put them in this episode. Okay. Do you remember the Lapita culture? I don't. Did, I, I don't not remember them at all. These are the second best sailors in the world at this time. Second, of course, to the Phoenicians. All right. So these guys are even better than the Greeks. Oh, well, the Greeks are quickly surpassing the Lapita culture. Okay. But they are the pre-Polynesians. Oh, wow. So they are traveling across the Pacific Ocean on their canoes, pretty much. Amazing. They don't reach as far as the Polynesians do, but they reach amazingly far. And they were around when we started this podcast project back in 2014. But there is news about the Lapita culture. All right. In 2016, there was a DNA analysis of four Lapita skeletons found in uh, ancient cemeteries on the island of Vanuatu and Tonga. And this analysis showed clearly that the Lupita people descended from inhabitants of Taiwan and of the northern, northern Philippines. Oh, but they're not Polynesians. But they are the precursors to the Polynesians. Oh, I see. I follow. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. And uh, we are not doing super ancient history here, but the amount of people originating on Taiwan is amazing. Taiwan is like... yeah. A cradle of civilization. Yeah, maybe it'd be the end of our civilization if we could, there's an invasion <laughs> in the next 10 years. <laughs> well, let's hope there's not. Let's hope there's not. I wish I could tell you anything about other places in the world at this time, but uh, they definitely don't have writing that we can understand. Right. Yeah, like we don't have anything on the, nor- on the Eastern Indians or the North American Indians, really. No. Oh, we do have archaeology, but it isn't very oh. exciting. Yeah, there's the Mississippi culture. There's some things we could check in with them once in a while. We just can't specifically pinpoint it to a decade, which is why we don't always do that. Sometimes they're even hard to pinpoint to yeah. to anything. But the Mississippi culture is probably not around yet. Just gotten started, I think, like 600 BC. They had some mounds. They got started, but it's not as big as it gets to like much later. I think it's much later. Their early period is 1000 CE. Oh, there's like some stuff. It's a really good river valley there, though. So there's people there, you know. There's definitely some people. 
God, it's so late. What does it say? There's almost nothing before 300 BC. Yeah. So we, here is okay. Here is something from North America. In 1000 BC, the Norton tradition develops in the western Arctic along the Alaskan shore of the Bering Strait. Hmm. So there's something. There we go. So in 1000 BC, Athapascan-speaking natives arrive in Alaska and northwestern North America, possibly from Siberia. These are, of course, not the first people in America, but right. it's something we know happens around this around Fano history time. Another migration. I'm going to give you all of the things I found because they were not many. Uh, in 1000 BC, pottery making becomes widespread in the eastern woodlands. That's where I live. Yeah. Can you explain the concept of eastern woodlands? Yeah, let's, um, like, so I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania actually means Penn's Woods. That was this very, it's very, you know, now there's dense cities and stuff here, but these are the, it's like Sweden. The really, the woods, the trees and things are very similar, you know. That's, um, up north there's pine trees and up where I'm at there's pine trees and deciduous trees kind of, you know, lose their leaves in the winter. But it's, you know, it's like forests. It's um, not rainforests, like um, hardwood forests. That kind of thing. That's not like in mountainous, but hilly mountainous. No, not really like plains and things like that. There's some rivers. It's um, it's like more. It's more like the, it's not like the Amazon, as far as you know the exact fauna, but it's similar to that as far as it's densely wooded, and not like a river valley where you would normally see like cities and things like that spring up. And we have two cultures there at this time, actually. Uh, in 550 BC, it's the Adena culture and the Hopal cultures. Okay. In uh, around the or in the Ohio Mississippi River valleys, and they become well defined in 800 BC. Okay, I check it out. There's an Indian museum about 50 miles from me. I've been to before. I should check that out. They will probably talk very little about 550. Very BC. little. Yeah, it's like the I forget. It's like you know the, the names of the. It's like the Susquehanna Indians, the Mohawks, those kind of people, the five tribes, there's that kind of thing. The Adena culture in the Ohio River Valley, they do stone pipes and place them with their dead in gigantic burial mounds. Oh. And that's that's going on in 550 BC. And that's about everything I have about North America right now. I mean, except for the right, because there's not the writing, that's why we don't have it. But there was a rich culture going on, and definitely in the Americas in this time period, for sure. And then smallpox and measles will kill them all before the Spaniards did. Yeah, bad, bad, bad situation. But that's far, uh, far ahead in the future. If you're in 550 BC. Yes, you're fine. No smallpox on the horizon now. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot of smallpox in the old world in 550 BC. Oh yeah, just not here. In but America. it has killed off so much people that almost everybody who still lives have some kind of immunity to smallpox. Right. Smallpox been around for thirteen thousand years. Nasty stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's still it's still it's not around today, except in labs. Well, that's because humans have got rid of it. Yeah, because of vaccines. Yeah. Don't <laughs> I had a talk with an anti-vaxxer just the other day. It was interesting. I'm getting my fifth dose of uh, COVID vaccine on Monday. Oh, good. 
that's all I have from America. So we'll see if the Americans can do something historic now that they have writing. All right. Well, this is Bernie from America saying, I'll see what I can find, too. Yeah, and we'll... Uh, this is how we treat the rest of the world in this podcast. <laughs> we, we check in from time to time and see what happens. Yeah. I doubt we'll check into Scandinavia anytime soon after the Raider episode. We covered pretty much everything we know. Yeah, unless we find something new. So, so yeah, so we're going to next time, we're probably going to go to China, which we have a ton of writing on. Yeah. Sort of like the opposite, the overload. And I will make the case that there is a great wall in China. Oh, good. All right. So we have a lot to talk about. Well, uh, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com. Search for Fano History. And uh, that is much appreciated if you want to support the podcast. We can truly use it. And uh, it's a mutual agreement in that if we don't make a podcast, you don't pay anything. And it's only the regular episodes, not uh, what's new in history that we charge for. Right. Those are freebies. Yeah. And also, if you want to do us a favor, you could one of two things. You could rate the podcast. I'm not sure if you could do it on Spotify or the other. I know you can't on Google. I think you can on uh, Spotify. Oh, you can? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So on Spotify, if you listen, or Apple Podcasts, please, um, please rate the podcast. That'd be re- I mean, rate it highly, please, but... Go in there and rate it. <laughs> and then if, um, so do that right now. I would appreciate that. And then tell a friend. So one of those two would also be a nice thing to do for the podcast. Absolutely. Talk to you next time. Yeah, I'll talk to you next time. We'll go back in China. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fan of history. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks and see you next time.